Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And we know that if we want to continue to celebrate life as we age, we have to be mindful of how we feed our bodies, and that's why today's show is especially exciting. Our guests are both accomplished and highly acclaimed doctors. You know Dr. Michael Roizen from his many New York Times best-selling books, including the groundbreaking work and one of my personal all-time favorites, Real Age. His co-author, Dr. Michael Krupain, has numerous credits to his name, too, and one of those is that he is the medical unit chief of staff at the Dr. Oz Show. And both these powerhouses have joined forces to create one of the best books on health and nutrition I've read in a long time. It's called What to Eat When, and they are joining us today to share all about it. I have to welcome you both. I'm a major fan, and this book is certainly an eye-opener. Well, thanks, Eileen. It's uh, always fun to work with you, and I love the feasty side of 50. Yeah, really. Well, and if we're going to stay feisty, we have to really watch what we eat. And that brings me to your book. Um, If you give me a moment, I would like to gush a bit because this book, I mean, one of the things that I really liked about it is the clarity with which you lay everything out. There's lots of reinforcing information in it, I will say, but you cut through a lot of the conflicting stuff that we get. I mean, you give some real basic wonderful facts. And then you get into the fascinating science of why when we eat is as important as what we eat. Uh, you taught me a new term, chrononutrition. So what is chrononutrition and why is it so important? Sure. So when you talk about food, we always talk about what we eat, right? But we rarely talk about the when. And the when is the chrononutrition. And it all has to do with our circadian rhythm. Our circadian rhythm is our body's clock, and its job is to get our body ready to do the right thing at the right time. And so we often think about it for sleep, but it actually influences everything in our body, including our metabolism. So our hormones and our metabolism actually change throughout the day based on the instructions from this, from this clock, from the circadian rhythm. And it's set by the sun. And so basically our body wants us to eat when the sun is shining because once upon a time that's all we could do, right? We didn't have lights and electricity, and wants us to not eat at night when it's dark. So we should be fasting overnight. And an additional thing is we should be eating not just during the day, but we should be eating more early and less later. So breakfast and lunch should be our biggest meals of the day. We should be getting more than 75% of our calories before 2 or 3 p.m., and dinner should be the smallest part of it, part of our uh, uh, smallest meal of the day. Well, that, again, is fascinating. But, again, in the book, you're very honest about the fact that a lot of us, and I will confess to being one of these, uh, can do some of our best chowing down uh, after dark. Yeah, and I think that both Mike, both Mike and I uh, were like that before, before we really understood the research. And uh, that's pretty much the worst time to eat is late at night. Uh, but that's what 40% of us do or more than 40%, but we get about 40% or more of our calories at night, which is not what we should be doing. So flipping our day upside down and really eating more early and less later is best for our health, and it's actually not as hard as you think it is. We both did it, and so so many people. 
Well, and I mean, it it does make a lot of sense when you think that your body's going to be using energy and all that during the day, and again, you're you're sleeping at night. So uh, you give um, no. Well, actually, at the end of the book, you have your ten commandments, and one of them is eat during the sunlight, and another one is eat early, uh, eat most of your calories earlier in the day. Do you have any others you can share with us right now? Well, the one I'll let Mike Mike take those. Um, well, the one I like best is stop stereotyping food. That means that it's okay for me to eat salmon burgers at breakfast rather than at dinner or anyone to eat cold pasta or cold 100% whole grain pizza in the morning because the starch, just like in um, a sweet potato, and when it's hot, that starch breaks up into sugar pretty easily. But when it's cold, it binds back together and it becomes a resistant starch and acts more like a fiber. So stop stereotyping food. Um, The other one I really love, and there are a bunch, but one of them is mistakes shouldn't disrail you or derail you. Um, Don't worry if you eat a big dinner or stop eating the Wenway for a day or two. Remember, you're eating with the sun, and the sun's going to come up another day, and when the next day the sun comes up, just start again. Well, I love that because that brings me back to my my younger days when I would do the all or nothing diet. You know, oh gee, I had a, a half a potato chip. I'd better go off my diet for the next couple of days, and then I'll be really good. And really, that's just that's just setting yourself up for sabotage. That's exactly right. So the key the key is remembering mistakes shouldn't disrail you or derail you. Um, another day will come. So there, there are ten commandments. I, I don't know if you want to, but um, one of them is love what you eat. So food should be a relationship just like a marriage, and you wouldn't be married to someone who didn't love you back. You shouldn't eat food if it doesn't love your body back. So you may love um, potato chips, but they don't love your body back. Don't have them. On the other hand, you can love um, roasted asparagus or roasted chickpeas or salmon, or walnuts, or dark chocolate. They, you can love them, and if you love them, they love your body back. That's the great thing. So you want to eat food that loves you back. Yeah, and along those same yeah, lines, another one of the things in, in this Ten Commandment list is that you should be social. And, you know, a lot of times people yeah. fail in trying to change the way they eat because they feel like they're being antisocial. And we've had people say, well, isn't dinner the sort of social meal of the day? That's when we all gather around and uh, get together as a family or with friends. And that's true. And we're not saying, you know, don't eat dinner. We're saying make dinner a smaller part of your, you know, calorie intake for the day. And when you do that and you do it with other people, you actually have more time to talk to them, right? You're spending more time talking and less time putting food in your mouth. So that's that's great. But as Mike said, as <laughs> As well, you know, if if you have, if you go and have a big dinner one night, that's okay. Just you know, you well, and two, I, I love it because again, the book is filled with practical, <laughs> practical tips and and great ideas like that. I also want to let people know you've got your thirty way win way eating plan. So and you've highlighted yes foods and a lot of those are you know kind of unlimited, uh, limit foods and avoid foods. So you lay everything out very clearly. And one of the things I found personally so rewarding about this book is I do try to eat pretty well and but you get all sorts of conflicting information out there and you know which oils should you use which oils shouldn't you use uh, you know 
and I'm going to do something specific, but coconut oil was supposed to eat all tons of coconut oil, but you say, no, go back to olive oil. Yeah, we know that olive oil and um, the omega-3 oils are healthy for you. So olive oil is actually an omega-9. So we call them the numbered or the odd-numbered oils. Omega-3 is fish oils and canola oil, avocados, flaxseed, um, and, and uh, omega-9 is olive oil and extra virgin olive oil. The problem with coconut oil is we don't have any data that it um, makes you healthier, and we have a lot of data from old, older animal studies that it does cause a problem breaking down the blood-brain barrier and increasing inflammation in the brain. So um, long-term, maybe a short-term benefit to um, olive oil, to um, coconut oil in helping metabolize or, or replace glucose, not a good long-term solution. And the other um, key, if you will, is to avoid things that raise your blood sugar because raising the blood sugar increases the uh, attachment of sugar to your proteins and causes dysfunction. So hemoglobin A1C is what we measure in type 2 diabetes. And when it's high, you're at more risk. And all that is is a hemoglobin with a sugar in the A1C position. That's why it's called, it, it's a hemoglobin A1C is the sugars in the A1C position that binds to that, that sugar is bound to that hemoglobin, prevents it from releasing oxygen normally. So that's why some people have postulated that's the major cause of um, ulcers of your leg. There's not enough oxygen peripherally and of kidney disease in the diabetics. Oh, this is so fascinating to me. And, again, you've got the science behind what you're saying because it just is frustrating as a person out there to, you know, one doctor says do this, somebody says do that. But this is really great information. I'm very happy. And then the other thing, in addition to uh, chrononutrition that I really like about the book, is you have what to eat when you are undergoing something specific in your life, uh, like maybe uh, you're experiencing grief or loss or sleep problems. I'm getting older, and, you know, sleeping can be an issue, and dealing with hot flashes. I mean, you get down to the nitty-gritty, and what kinds of foods are great to eat uh, when you're undergoing something? No, that's right. There, there was enough science for about 40 conditions so that we put that in the book so that people would know the science, and if you want to take it to your doctor, it's all referenced, um, as you know, a national geo. The prior publishers I've had haven't allowed me to put um, references in since the original Real Age book when I did. But this one, uh, National Geo, um, not only allowed but wanted us to put the references in, which is great. So you can take it to your doctor if there's any question and say, this is why I'm doing this. What do you think about this? Or is this a good study? And uh, you'll, you'll help him as well learn more. Well, and in addition to the book, I have to say, uh, and Dr. Krupain, you are not only an expert at nutrition, but you're a doggone good cook, too. And I think, Dr. Royce, and you probably are as well. But some of the recipes on the website are not in the same league as I'm not in the same league as Dr. Krupain. He's an outstanding cook. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I just want to say, can you talk a little bit about not only food that loves you back, but food you're going to love? And you've got some fabulous recipes. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that we both, we both um, one of the things we say in the book is eat your dinner for breakfast, right, because we want you to have uh, your breakfast and lunch as your biggest meal, so you could have your dinner for breakfast or lunch, really. And so that means eating real food um, for breakfast, not just eating a cereal, sugary cereal or a pastry or something. So yeah. one of my favorite simple, simple um, breakfasts is to eat pasta for breakfast because I love pasta. So whole grain pasta, the farro pasta is my favorite, though I've recently discovered some amazing just regular whole wheat pastas that are fantastic with whole wheat semolina. And I would just like to um, saute some broccoli with some walnuts, a little bit of garlic and olive oil, and toss it with the pasta and then let it cool and eat it the next day. So I eat it, I make it at night and then eat it the next day for breakfast or for lunch. And Mike loves to eat salmon burgers. That's his favorite breakfast. And I already had those for my breakfast today, so I should tell you that I did. Well, good I did have two salmon burgers. <laughs> well, see, and the other thing too is, uh, of course, I'm a pasta lover. I mean, every year for my birthday dinner when I was growing up, I say put spaghetti, please. But now I can have it. I just need to let it cool down and eat it the next morning for breakfast. Such a deal. Well, I just have to say we've got about now, a minute by the left. Way, they're, they're any there are recipes on our website, um, whattoeatwhen.com. So you'll see recipes. Whenway.com. And, and um, sorry, whenway.com. And at <laughs> when.way, Instagram. So we, we're sending out pictures of some of the recipes as well. Um, and we actually would love to come back someday because we will. We have a cookbook uh, in the planning. So it's. Uh, but it is whenway.com is the uh, website. Wow. Well, not only has this interview lived up and exceeded my expectations, but I'm going to get to talk to you again. Oh, thank you so much. What a pleasure, and thank you for all your work and giving those of us on the feisty side of 50 something to eat and what time to eat it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and I urge all of you listeners out there, be sure you pick up a copy of What to Eat When. Uh, this book is going to give you a wealth of critical information, the motivation you need to stay on track, and they lay everything out with clearly understood science-based facts. And while you're at it, don't forget to go out there and show the world just how feisty a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50, saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>